You know, it is, it is so good to see children proclaiming the gospel. Um, and I know I say it every year, but I wish you could get a sense of all of the energy and the excitement that was in. <laughs> the volunteers are up here going, ah. Um, there was so much excitement. It was loud. It was overwhelming. And there was tons of laughter and life. And um, I know I can't speak for all of the volunteers, but for me, it filled me with such an incredible hope. And it makes all the work and the chaos and the noise worth it. Um, you know, these kids just sang that the Bible was full of ordinary people, just like you and me. Um, but when they followed Jesus, they could change the world. And that was our deepest desire and our deepest prayer this week. Um, it was our prayer that more than having fun and playing the games and singing the songs, that the 110 kids that came here this week would all go out and be heroes, following Jesus and changing the world in big and small ways. It was our prayer that they would work for peace in, in their communities, in their schools, in their families, and in their individual worlds, and that they would build each other up instead of tearing people down, and that the world would notice that and say, those kids are different. You know, we've been focusing on our new mission statement here at CCUPC, which is expanding Christ's community through worship, discipleship, and relationship. And, and we believe that VBS helped us to do that, and that if these little heroes go out and show grace and work together and follow Jesus, then Christ's kingdom is going to expand. As we've worked through the mission statement, we have been breaking it down into different elements. And most recently, we've been studying the relationships aspect. And as I've been thinking about relationships, I've begun to notice the relationships all around me. I've been taking stock of my own relationships and observing the relationships of others. And, you know, one of the many joys of Vacation Bible School was to watch relationships de develop. Um, the kids who were here this week wanted to be together. They looked for their friends each morning as they came in, and they lamented going home at the end of the day uh, in the sanctuary and then also in the office after. There were lots of cries. Why can't we stay? Just five more minutes. We're playing. We don't want to stop. Um, I even heard things like, you know, this family's going to Wendy's for lunch. Can't we go to Wendy's to for lunch too with them? And I overheard a lot of requests for parents to swap contacts and to arrange playdates and sleepovers and just make general plans to be together. And hearing the kids talk, you might think that they had known each other before. You might think that um, they were familiar with each other. But some of these relationships began just at the beginning of the week. Many of them attend different schools and different churches, and some of them even live in different states. But that didn't matter here, because as they came together, there was such an unassuming sweetness about the way these instant friendships grew between the young ones. It was almost as if they said, you're here, I'm here, we're about the same age, let's be best friends forever. Okay, good enough. And it, it made me wonder, when do we lose that genuine welcome and kindness and authenticity in our relationships. I think, you know, watching the kids reminded me of, of what God wants for our relationships. 
But obviously, our relationships don't quite measure up to what God wants for them. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't have spent as much time talking about relationships as he does. And in fact, the theme verse for Vacation Bible School comes within a passage that's talking about how believers relate to each other. And of course, um, as you heard, the theme verse on its own instructs us about how to live, but like so much of scripture, it has a much deeper richness when we look at it in context. So I'm going to read it to you from our hero reference manual. I'll show you here. Ready? The hero reference manual. So, and we definitely, we couldn't trick the kids. One little girl came up to me after the closing when you know, my mind was going in a million directions and said, I know that's the Bible. Tell me some verses in it. And she made me start reciting verses to her. <laughs> so they knew. But here is, um, here is Paul's letter uh, to the Romans, chapter 14, verses 13 through 23. Paul writes, let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind to not put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of, a, of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. So this is a complicated passage um, that we won't have time to go into all of the nuances today, but it still applies to us today. We don't deal with the same issues as... Um, as what Paul was dealing with in Romans, but these principles still apply to our relationships. Um, we still have differences of belief and practice and perspective that we need to navigate if we're going to have healthy, strong relationships that expand the kingdom of Christ. And this section starts by Paul saying that we should stop judging one another so much and make up our minds not to put a stumbling block in front of one another. In other words, he asks us to follow Jesus by, by putting ourselves aside and imagining where the other person is coming from and not demanding that they change their perspective or conform to our ideas. But simply, Paul is asking us to simply respect our siblings in Christ, wherever they are in their walk. This sort of relationship requires humility and sacrifice and, um, and, and setting aside of things, even if we have technically have the right to think and say and do them. 
Paul's also asking us to show grace by giving up ourselves, giving up our own desires and practices and beliefs, all for the sake of others. We're asked to accept others as they are with all of their quirks and struggles. After all, Christ has given up his whole life for us, just as we were, dead to sin and captivated by the works of the flesh. And so if Christ was willing to do that for us, are we not willing to give up just a little bit of our freedoms or preferences to keep those around us from stumbling? You know, if we're not, then, then we have some hard work to do, and we need to examine our priorities. Because why in the world would we want our actions or words to destroy someone else for whom Christ died, even, even if we do think we're right? Paul instructs us to have a generosity of spirit towards one another, listening to God through the power of the Spirit to help us determine those places where care for our relationships trumps our rights and, and perspectives and beliefs. Paul asks us to think about where our need to be right or to exercise our own freedoms ends and where the grace of Christ begins. And to be clear, Paul isn't asking us to give up the essentials here. Um, Paul isn't asking us to, to walk away from who Jesus is and what Jesus did for us. But he does say that life in the kingdom isn't a matter of eating and drinking. In other words, it's not a matter of the ordinary l actions of day-to-day -day life. Instead, life in Christ is a matter of righteousness and peace and joy. And so righteousness deals with our relationship with God. It's our status of being right before God. And then peace comes ha from having good relationships with those around us. And when both of those things are in order, then joy abounds. Working together and helping others means having such a care for them that we are willing to go above and beyond to protect their spiritual life, to protect who they are as they grow and learn and are sanctified too. And so it's in this context that we come to the verse that our kiddos memorized and sang this week. As, as I read it, the NIV translate it, translates it, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. The New Revised Standard Version translates it, let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. And then, of course, the Common English Bible translates it as we heard it this morning, let's strive for the things that bring peace and build each other up. And no matter what translation we read, we get the sense that our care for others and building each other up and having peace between us should outweigh any one person's particular rights or desires or beliefs. And if this seems really hard to you, if it seems demanding, if it makes you feel tired even thinking about having to worry about other, peace, other people and working for peace and building each other up, if you're tired and, and confused about putting others' needs and wants ahead of your own, you are not alone. This isn't our natural position in a fallen and sinful world. You know, obviously, even the early church didn't get it right, or Paul wouldn't have had to tell them about it so many times. We still today have to work hard to avoid the discord and dissensions and factions that we talked about a few weeks ago when we were studying Galatians 5. We have to train ourselves to strive for peace and build one another up. We get the sense from these verses that it takes work, it takes effort 
on our part. The, the Greek verb here is to pursue or to run after. And in fact, in other places in Scripture, this verse has a really aggressive kind of sense to it, maybe more so that, than is intended here. But either way, we know that, there, that, that in, this, in this command, there is a drive towards an honest, eager endeavor you know, however it's translated at its root, it isn't passive. It's not something that's going to just naturally happen for us. Like we have to train for athletics, like we have to study for academics. We have to be intentional about how we work to build one another up. It's a discipline, and it takes devotion and effort as we set us ourselves aside and as we consider the perspectives and the positions of others. As I was preparing for today, I, I read this verse and this passage in several translations, and I think the message translation gives us the clearest insight into what Paul was talking about in a way that really helped me to understand. And so he addressed, um, as Paul addressed the Romans with these verses, the message says this. So let us agree to use all our energy in getting along with one another. Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. You're certainly not going to permit an argument over what is served or not served at supper to wreck God's work among you, are you? So again, there was this sense that let's not let the little things get in our way and let's strive for peace and let's strive to build up. And as we do that, as, as grown-ups, we are examples to the young heroes that are up here. And these young heroes are an example to us. And together, when we do that, Christ's community is going to expand. You know, what would it look like if the church universal was characterized by using its energy to get along with one another? And what would it look like if CCUPC was characterized that way? What if we used our energy to build one another up both within the church and between churches, and with those who are not yet in the church, instead of dragging others down or getting caught up in the minutia of belief and practices. You know, as we've been unfolding the idea of relationships and how they help us to expand Christ's community, Pastor James reminded us that relationships are foundational to who we are as Christians. They aren't byproducts or a nice little bonus feature. We were created to be in relationship with one another, like God is in relationship through the Trinity. And so as we build our lives on that pattern, our principal motivation is the unconditional, self-sacrificing, perfect love of Jesus, which is lived out by striving after peace and building one another up. Friends, we are all heroes. We are called together to serve God and called together to expand Christ's community, to examine our relationships, and to let the way that we interact with one another strive for peace and build up. And so let's go into the world following Jesus, helping others, listening to God, and working together and showing grace. And when we do that, Jesus will be seen in us. Let's pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful for the joy of this morning for these young ones that learned again or maybe for the first time what it means to follow you and what it means to point others towards you as we serve and 
listen and grow together. And we pray that, that even though the, the decorations will be packed up and the songs will be put away for another year, that you would continue to work in our hearts as we strive to show the world your goodness and your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.